0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. Bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to BetOnline.ag today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State Podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined once again by Eve Patoba. And welcome back. New dad times two, Justin Southwell.
0: Good to be back. How's it feeling to know that you have a future uh, how's it feel knowing you have a future five-star quarterback that's gonna be going to Oklahoma State?
2: Man, I'm telling you, the first thing I noticed when he came out were those arms. All right. He wasn't he wasn't playing around. He's got some guns on him. And we're going to start training immediately. <laughs> so uh, he's doing tummy time right now. I am um, expecting him to do at least five push-ups by the end of the next week. So let's we'll go. see how it goes.
0: You know, no time to waste, baby. Come on. Bear crawls, push-ups, all that. We we need to get going, all right? <laughs> Coach Gundy. Coach Gundy's uh, – well, it ain't, ain't going to be Coach Gundy by then. Yeah. Ooh, let's see. J.W. Walsh needs to get the quarterback ready.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah what, what was it you guys said it was like a uh, class of 2045 right so a yeah. hundred years after the first national championship maybe we'll bring another one home
0: come on <laughs> i
2: hope okay. we won one before then but obviously yeah i want my son to be able to lead the cowboys to another national championship
0: i would love that i would love that let's go landon landon south will
2: take us there baby
1: what's his middle name
2: Westcott. It's a combination of my dad's name and Sheridan's dad's name.
1: Wait, I love that. That's really I thought,
0: cool. I thought it was after Dak Prescott, but yeah, that's,
2: that's <laughs> not like quite. Not, not quite. No offense, Dak, but you know,
1: <laughs> you just don't have that
2: whole. You don't have that place in my heart, you know. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
1: Did you guys agree on Westcott together? Because that's really cool. I really like that. Really? Yeah,
2: we did. We uh, almost used it for Camden and it just didn't flow to me i just thought camden westcott it sounded a little bit too i don't know like he was from the uk or something and i was, I was like, gonna oh. say yeah yeah exactly you know i don't you know don't need all that so uh, we went with uh, luke because camden luke just kind of flows a little bit better it does flow and uh yeah you know westcott we were just thinking, if if we have another boy, we've got another middle name in the chamber ready to go.
0: I love it. I love it.
1: Love it. Well, it was Orange Power Weekend this past weekend. And I think, I mean, from what I saw, again, I was not, I was not in town for it. But it looked like the Pioneer Woman was there. Justin Blackman came back into town. Looked like a pretty great weekend for fans. Um, unfortunately, now that that is wrapped up and Spring Ball is... Closed out, it means it's transfer portal season again. Ugh. And uh, we're already taking hits, guys. <laughs> yeah, not not great. But uh starting offensive tackle, Caleb Etienne entered the portal a couple days ago. And within 72 hours of announcing he was entering the transfer portal, he has already announced his commitment to BYU. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, I mean fast. you talk
0: about you you talk about taking a hit. Uh I don't know about that one. I was like, look, if somebody went into spring ball and they earned that starting spot over him, then good for that individual that went in. I think in a situation like this where you enter the transfer portal and three days after you're already announcing where you're going, you probably kind of already knew or in talks with somebody going into, you know, this this whole transfer portal period opening up. But. You know, if, if if you just aren't getting the burn, if you ain't getting no play during spring ball, and somebody came in and took that spot from you, I'm not mad about it. I'm not right, mad yeah. about it because uh, the left side of our offensive line was definitely one of our weak spots on, on offense last year. All right, so yeah, hopefully whoever it is that that took that spot is going to be a much needed improvement.
1: But Etienne started. Is it Etienne or Etienne?
2: Etienne. Etienne. Good, I've heard it, Etienne. Okay. Mostly. And I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation. That's just how I've heard it.
1: <laughs> well, he started every game last season, and I know that the offensive line struggled a little bit, but they're having someone with so much experience is helpful, especially when our offensive line was one of the younger position groups last season. So maybe someone did maybe did someone did outwork him. But it's also just kind of my, my bigger question is are we about to go down another Transfer portal frenzy, where he's the first of several chips to fall.
2: Uh, I don't think so, but I, I was going to say, I think I think he actually graded it out as one of the worst left tackles according to PFF okay. last year. So, good riddance. Like, was that like, like in the Big Twelve or what? Just Division One football. Period. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean that experience is obviously good to have but if you're not great then you know yeah. there's a there's a give and take there now what I, guess- I will say though is like i would i would love to still would have seen to love him wow i can't talk i would have loved Dad to brain. see him stay because we don't know what the depth situation is going to look like if it's similar to last year and all of our guys are getting hurt on the offensive line. You want to be able to have a guy that knows the offense and can step in seamlessly and take over. So I think it's a little bit, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to call it selfish, but it it is, it's kind of selfish. You know, you're, you're bailing on your team during the spring transfer portal whenever you could have done it in the fall or the winter whatever you want to call it. Uh, so I don't love that aspect of it. I don't love that he's going to be in conference again. Um, but to, to answer your question, Meg, I think probably not as far as seeing a wave like we saw before. I think that <laughs> that kind of uh, you know they got it out of their system. The people that want to be here do want to be here, and I think that for Etienne, it was kind of like I'll be here if I'm the starter. If not, I'm going to go somewhere else
0: yeah man if we were to go down another spiral of these that would definitely mean that the culture is out of control but things seem to be reined back in some so i don't anticipate a whole bunch of people trying to enter the transfer portal and good luck to ATN wherever he goes i don't know him at all but i will say y'all remember those groups yeah in the group chats all right in the group chats i used to complain a lot And I don't even like to complain. I
1: say you complain, dude? Yeah,
0: I mean, look, if if somebody drives me to complain, you know it's a big freaking deal. So whoever is coming into that spot, hey, let's get it together. Let's get it done. And I would say Etienne was a much better run blocker than he was a pass defender, right? Like, I think that makes a difference whenever you're going into uh, a season to where you're going to have a quarterback who is not running as much. Of course, you know probably not as athletic as a Spencer Sanders was. And it's probably going to be more in the pocket letting that arm show off. So, yeah, if, if this person is good as pass block, come on, let's get
2: it done. That's a good call. That's a good call.
1: Didn't you guys say, though, that in, like, spring ball, positions aren't really won or lost? It's kind of just, you know, getting back, getting back to it, going through. The, not that you can't earn your position, but, I mean, it's, it's spring ball. We still have – summer camp to get through and if he did potentially lose his position i don't know i can't say that's pure speculation wouldn't he have the opportunity to earn that back in the summer before the season actually gets going
0: yo not i mean you gotta you you got the staff that's in here right now you got a what seems to be a make or break type of season for the offensive staff who cares what you did last year? It don't. It don't seem like they're messing around, you know. Um, I think what you're referencing, Meg, is us talking about, you know, you can't be too, you know, you you can't take your foot off the gas after spring ball ends because there's still a crop of people coming in in the summer. Right. Exactly. You know. You know with that being said, you can absolutely get your spot taken in spring ball.
1: Right. But I'm saying there's also another chance you have spring or fall camp to work yeah. hard and earn it back.
0: Hey, some
2: people don't want to fight. Some people but ain't trying to battle.
1: B- but who's to say you're going to be the starter at BYU?
2: Right. He might not be. <laughs> That's the thing. You're going to transfer, and it's not a guarantee that you're going to be a starter there. Um, is it worth it rolling the dice?
1: I don't know. We played like BYU
0: said, at home this year. Is that right?
1: It is our season finale, yeah, November yeah. 25th.
0: Okay. The, the, the ATN welcome home game is what we're going to be calling that.
1: Will it be a welcome home game, or will it be a big... <laughs>
2: <laughs> I guarantee you, like, there's gonna be like a handful of diehards that might care, and everybody else won't even know like that the guy was even transferred at the. You know, people don't even know that he's transferred to BYU. They'll forget about it by the end of the year, as long as our left tackle stays healthy.
0: Hey, best of luck to him. Best of luck to him.
1: The last thing I'll say about Etienne, Etienne is like, I just, I don't understand why you'd want to transfer to BYU. I don't I mean, you're going from Stillwater, which is like college town of college towns, you know, the strip partying to signing a contract that you will not drink. You will not do all of these things. I just I mean, is that football team that good that you want to sacrifice your social life? But I mean, to each to each their own, to each their own. Well, I will
0: say (laughs) I've met I've met several people who have attended BYU. Uh, Football players. And I do think that, you know, to their credit, it it takes a certain type of individual to want to go to that type of school who, you know, you have a certain seriousness about you. And, you know, the fact that Caleb Etienne is transferring to that school, I think kind of shows where his head is at. I'm not here to mess around. I don't care about the strip. I don't care about the party. I'm here to make sure that I give myself a best opportunity. Hopefully, you know, that's what he's thinking. But everybody that I've ever met that has gone to BYU, I'm telling you, they've got their head on straight. So, Hey, salute to him.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get that. It's more of, it's more of, I mean, and BYU has very good athletics, so I'm not, I'm not knocking that. It's more of having a taste of like a normal college environment and then going to that. And I'm not even talking about the partying. There's just like so many, so many things, so many restrictions. Yeah, I personally find ridiculous that are beyond going out and partying.
2: Is he was he going to be a senior?
1: I believe you know? so.
2: Cuz I just feel like, you know, a lot of times what I've seen is people will have that experience and then they realize it's like, all right, a
0: little yeah, bit more hyped
2: up than it needs to be. I'm I'm over it now. I can like absolutely. kind of go on, move on, kind of thing. It, yeah, one spirit. of those things Talk like
0: once you get it out of your system, you just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Although I will say I have one huge regret. In college, okay? This was the 2012 season. We had just lost to the University of Texas at home. This was the JW quarterback sneak. It was like one inch short of the goal line. Really, he crossed the goal line whenever you go back and look at the replay, but they didn't give it to us. We ended up losing the game. I don't know if y'all remember that. It ended up ranking as the 25th loudest game in college football history. We actually showed up on the Rector scale during that game. I don't know if y'all remember that. That was 2012, and I remember just being so mad that we lost to Texas. I went home and just, yeah got my little subway sandwich that they gave to us and just, you know, I just wanted to go to bed. Well, if y'all remember the movie project X, had just came out. Y'all remember that movie? Yeah. Big time party movie. Yes, 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 and, yes. And that school year, everybody was trying to recreate the next project X party. <laughs> this is the project X party. So that, that night, that evening, I remember there was this huge project X party that was going to take place at uh James Creek. Y'all remember James Creek? <laughs> So
1: (laughs) but I'll go with it.
0: Yeah. So I just remember being like, yo, forget this. We lost to Texas. I'm pissed off. I ain't going nowhere. My roommate's trying to get me to go. All these folks, yo, you gotta come. You gotta come. Nah, I'm a little upset right now. Anyway, I wake up the next day and you could not stop hearing about how great that party was. I'm talking about people filled the streets, people had their cars out on the street, music was blasting, yo, folks dancing on top of the like it was the best party apparently in the history of college college period (laughs) and i'm like i can't believe i missed that party just because i was in my feelings that day but yeah um maybe etienne will regret something like that but you know other than that hopefully everything else is out of the system
2: yeah i was one of the rare losses in the black orange black combo yeah
0: that's exactly what we were wearing
1: well I guess we'll I guess oh we'll see you back here in Stillwater on November twenty
0: fifth. Yo, Project yeah. X times were wild, y'all. Project <laughs> X times were crazy.
1: Nothing like a good college party.
2: <laughs> Sounds days. like something uh Des Bryant would come up with.
0: Project, Project <laughs> <Des>. <laughs> <the> X an <clears> X. <throat> Funny enough, Des was not a big party guy at all whenever he was at OSU, just focused. I'm here for one reason and then I'm uh, hey, it's also the next thing.
1: For the record, I'm not judging those who don't party. To each their own. I'm referring to the uh, no coffee, no tea rules at BYU. That's the type of stuff that I am mm-hmm. referring to.
0: Yeah. And you can't be like in the same uh rooms as coeds past like 6 p.m. or something like that. Uh, yeah, all kinds of crazy rules. But um, you know, it works for them.
2: That would be tough. No caffeine would be that's a commitment for sure. Yeah.
0: Hey, I didn't I didn't do caffeine, so it's all right. <laughs> what? Um, I ain't mad about that one.
1: I'm Eve. I didn't take (laughs) caffeine.
0: I should have went to BYU.
1: You try staying out of rooms of co-eds past 6 p.m. Then, Eve.
0: You
2: know. You know, Eve, actually, they they have that Y on their helmet. You (laughs) could have really stood out with the the Y. Mm -hmm.
0: Y for Eve. That would have been dope. You know what? Hey, shout out to BYU and their big old Y on their helmets. You know, I hope y'all win every game except the one in Stillwater.
1: And then (laughs) go to the Big 12 championship like I've predicted. Oh, oh yeah. wow,
0: that's right. You did say that. Never mind. So I you, we, we would have to okay. play them
2: back to back, right? Because you said it was the last game of the year. Yep. Uh, so yeah. So we play them in Stillwater, then turn around and play them in Dallas. Correct. That'd
1: be Just warp them
0: twice.
2: Do what you gotta
1: yeah. do.
0: Give Caleb Etienne a real, a real, <laughs> a real taste of what he missed out on. Yeah.
1: I know that we've lost a decent amount of guys to the transfer portal, but we've also gotten some good guys in. I think we had the second recruiting class, the second portal class, second ranked portal class in the big 12. So it has not all been lost, but on the subject of new players and recruiting, there were some interesting tweets yesterday. I did a little digging and about a week and a half ago, the Oklahoman released a story about Oklahoma state's recruiting budget. And I will be completely honest. It's never something that I've really thought about. Like I know football has a budget, but I've never thought about how much money is spent on recruiting. Their budget is $474,000, which may seem like a lot to some. However, of the 52 public universities in Power 5 football, uh, they were the second lowest spending amount. And they spent only $455,689. 21 of the 52 schools spent less than a million. To compare, Georgia spent $4.5 million. Yeah. On recruiting last year. That's yeah.
0: stupid. No. I mean, it's it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, whenever you look at <laughs> the cost of acquiring these recruits, you're talking about prospects coming on official visits, especially whenever they happen on game weekends with these increased travel and hotel rates. And then, you know, with the addition of the early signing periods for football. Um, You know, NCAA had to go and they had to change certain rules for official visits to include months in the spring and increasing the visits, increasing the amounts of costs. All that stuff goes into play. But, you know, additional cash is not being spent on recruiting travel via private planes, chartered flights specifically for assistant coaches. So before it used to be like a head coach, I'm flying on a plane and an assistant would would hop on. But nowadays you're getting assistant coaches flying by themselves or in a larger group on a private jet. And they're going um, and going to a recruits place, maybe going to Tampa, Jacksonville and Miami all in one, you know, one little circuit. And then the head coach is meeting them somewhere else. Uh, on a different plane, so like these type of things are happening. Of course, you got your charter flights. It's uh, it's it's getting pretty uh, ridiculous. But if you're able to win a national championship the way that Georgia has, I mean, it's all worth it. It completely just pays for itself. You just have to have the right, you know, the right boosters who are willing to come and put that money together. And that's just some of the that things, up, yeah, boost that up. That's <laughs> just some of the things that these people are paying for. Like I didn't even scratch the surface as to where you know some of this money goes when it comes to the production when it comes to uh, the 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 mail that gets sent out to all these recruits on a regular basis or coaches landing on a helicopter on the field just to make an impression on a five star that they're really really trying to get that gets really expensive that type of stuff is happening all over the southeast for sure but I with a four hundred seventy five thousand dollar budget you ain't doing all that
2: imagine being like the top rated recruit. Um, obviously like Landon is going to be in about 18 years, just all the coaches coming in and with helicopters. And it's like, dude, this is like the 20th helicopter I've seen. I don't care at this point. You know, <laughs> like you're wasting your money. That's how I feel about it. Like I, and I kind of remember though, like I, maybe that is super impressive to people because didn't Gundy used to use a helicopter. I think that was like a thing for a while, like he probably you know, was able to get in guys like Des Bryant, Brandon Pettigrew, Zach Robinson. Maybe it's time to do that again. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But it's kind of like if you have the money, why wouldn't you spend it? You know? But at the same time, George is spending four point five million whenever you've already got like SEC championships, national championships. Like, is that not enough to entice people to come play for you? You have to go out and spend that much more money. Yeah. But hey, more power to him, I guess. What what's crazy though is like A lot of people kind of cut off at the top ten. It's about everybody that you would expect to see there, but then right underneath that, at number eleven, is Rutgers, and they are just a terrible outlier. You're spending top fifteen in recruiting, and you're not getting anything for it. Like, I don't want to feel. I kind of feel bad for them. Hold on, what year was this
0: that they that they spent that much, like top eleven? This past year. The average last so year, so, the we, average. so we don't know how it's going to work out.
2: Or it's the average? Is it the average over the last what was it? Five years?
1: Yeah, it goes back to twenty. There's a there's a chart on the Oklahoman in this story, and it has the top. You know, it's Georgia, Clemson, A and M, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Texas, Alabama, Michigan, Oregon, Florida, Rutgers.
0: Wow. Yeah. didn't did that expect
1: spent more than Ohio State is kind of mind blowing, actually. Right.
2: Yeah. What are y'all
1: doing?
0: Well, that's, that's um, pretty unbelievable. I ain't going to lie. I would like to see what they spent that money on.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, what I'm, what I'm saying, though, is like if you're going to be an outlier, be it an outlier for a good reason, like Oklahoma State. So you're not spending as much, and you're getting a lot more out of the players. You're getting more wins, and you're not spending as much. Um, that's all Holder, it sounds like. So maybe with Weiberg, we're going to get to see the pendulum swing the other way a little bit, maybe not up to, you know, million plus or whatever the case is, but I'm just excited about the potential to see where it goes. If we're able to spend more money, uh, what that means as far as the caliber of athlete, we can bring in transfer portal as well. And then keeping the talent here, that's the main thing. So it doesn't matter if you spend all that money and then you get somebody here for one year, they're out the door the next year. I mean, we see it all the time with Texas A&M, taxes i mean they're getting they're spending all this money on guys and then they're not Get getting out of there. They're, you know they're not developing their players to be able to you know count on them to be what they envision for the program so
0: yeah i mean <laughs> being able to re-recruit those players every single year uh throughout the year these days it seems like right because of the other um Uh, recruiting window that is not open in the NCAA. But I would say like to get the caliber of players that we do get for having such a relatively low budget, we're pretty fiscally responsible.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's impressive. It really is like based on the numbers that we were seeing, it's kind of like, dude, you're, what was the number? Like we're, is this just power five, right? Yeah. So out of 51 teams or something?
1: 51 51? public schools in Power Five. Okay, yeah,
2: because private schools don't even have to disclose it. So Miami, TCU, Notre Dame. Those guys are spending. Yeah, Notre Dame, USC. There's no telling.
1: So Justin, to your point, not too long ago about aren't the national championships and the big all those championships are they not enough? Well, clearly they are not. Because over the last 12 seasons, Oklahoma State has consistently been in the top 15 winningest programs in college football, but they regularly fall to the 25 to 40 range of recruiting classes. Granted, these are not national championship seasons, but George is not winning the national championship every year either. It's we've discussed it in earlier episodes. It's hard to make it to the playoff. It's hard to make it to the championship. So would not you think the next best thing would be, wow, this is a really winning record. This is a team that can usually gets 10 wins. They're averaging around 10 wins the last 10 years, you know, scratch 2022 clearly kids care about all the hoopla that goes with it. Because to me, I'm looking at a team also with their track winner and I, track record. I want to go to a program that's going to win, you know, records, you're spending a lot of money, but you're not winning. So who really cares?
0: Well, we're also underestimating one other huge factor here, which is the NIL money, which I don't know if that's even included in this recruiting, which I don't think it is.
1: is. This is OSU's recruiting budget.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when you talk about, you know, what are these kids, what are these families really making their decisions on? I mean, there's some uh, significant life-changing money that's being thrown around out here as well.
1: But some of these, I mean, this goes back to 2017 and NIL launched in 2020.
0: 2020. Yeah. 2020.
1: Yeah. So this, I mean, this goes back in 2017, Georgia spent two point, almost 2.3 million. Clemson spent, and that Georgia was ahead by a lot. I just want to say that Georgia is consistently way above Everybody, with the exception of 2021, because, of, and this is the fiscal year also. So, this is everyone's fiscal year. So, in the 2021 fiscal year, that was also COVID. So, everyone's budgets dropped significantly. But, like in 2017, Georgia spent almost 2.3. The next closest school was Clemson, and they spent about 1.1 million. So, well, I thought
0: Alabama would have been higher than that for some reason.
1: I see, I have been mistaken. Alabama spent 1.5. So this is based on their, they're ranked as far as their averages. So in 2017, okay. uh, Georgia was 2.3. Alabama was 1.5 ish. But I mean, Michigan was still above Alabama in 2017, but by, by only like $20,000, but
0: yeah. And, and look at the schools we're talking about. We're talking about those schools that have been consistently in the college football playoffs. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's got to be a a real
2: correlation. Because of that, I mean, we're expanding to a 12-team playoff. But do you think that the NCAA could maybe enforce like a budget cap so that it's a little bit more fair across the board? Or do you think it's just going to be, you know, let Georgia spend $10 million?
0: I will say this new NCAA president ever since, you know, Mark Emmert left and I don't even know the new guy's name, <laughs> to be honest with you. But he, uh, I don't know anything about him. I don't know if he's more so on the, hey, I'm over here trying to govern. I'm over here trying to make sure that there's these enforcements trying to be strict. I don't know anything about him. But I can't imagine that the SEC or the ACC or even the Big 12 Conference would let that happen without a fight.
1: It's funny, Eve, you say govern because Charlie Baker, the current NCAA president, is the former governor of Massachusetts.
0: There you go. Right. The, them Northeasterners, like, I already don't trust him. I already <laughs> immediately don't trust him because he's from the Northeast. So he don't I understand don't. what we all about. All right. Hey, Meg, yes, I'm talking to you, Meg. I don't, I don't know about y'all folks over there.
2: So he's going to throw in the uh, throw in oh. the old budget cap. And I'm not saying it has to be, like, anything outlandish, but, like, if you cap it at $2 million, a lot of people aren't even spending that now. It's just saying, like, the team's at the very top. Like, okay, settle it down, Georgia. Even it out a little
0: bit. Yeah, you know how every single conference kind of governs themselves individually. It's, it's, It really does make you wonder what the NCAA is doing because there is no commissioner over college football. So until there comes a day when college football doesn't necessarily fall under the rules and regulations of the NCAA, I don't anticipate that happening, that budget, that hard cap, if you will, over recruiting.
1: And if boosters want to donate, what's stopping them? I guess that that's what national championships get you. You get boosters who want to give back to the program and help see it succeed.
0: And just mega fans, right? Who I don't have any, I never went to the university, I never did. I'm just a huge fan because I saw them in the playoffs in 2020. And because of that, now I want to give you $5 million. (laughs) <laughs> like just you know, random things like that. But hey, shout out to all those who are out there campaigning. It is not an easy task.
1: What really blew my mind in reading this article is, okay, Oklahoma and Texas are number one and two in the big 12 in spending. That's going to be irrelevant we were, in a couple we months. Like go, away, buy. Uh, they spent $2.6 $2.4 The No other school... In the Big Twelve, spent more than a million, so I think they'll fit right in over in the SEC. But the next highest school, the third highest spender, was West Virginia, and they spent nine hundred seventy-one thousand, so they were pushing a million. And then Iowa State, Kansas, and Kansas State all came in next in the eight hundred to nine hundred thousand range. The fact that Kansas, Kansas, has a bigger recruiting budget than us, yet they have been. The laughing stock of the Big Twelve up until this past year, for the previous about ten or so, if not more, is mind-boggling to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the Rutgers thing, though. Like you're spending that money and not seeing yeah. the results, and they could turn it around if it, they've got a very talented quarterback and they've got they've enticed a lot of people to check out Kansas based on the momentum they gained last year. Uh, they've got some new facilities that are being built and. All of that can play a factor into people wanting to go to Kansas. But yeah,
0: I mean, you also have to look at I mean, who were the quote unquote politicians at the helm during those periods. And by politicians, I'm talking about the head coach, like the head coach that is going to all these different booster meetings, that's doing the circuit, that's doing the fundraising. I mean, we all know, it's no secret, Les Miles is one of the best people when it comes to gathering this money to be able to uh, you know, to, to, to get boosters to actually donate to the university. He did it at LSU. Shoot, he did it at Oklahoma State, and he was a head coach at Kansas during that period and being able to do that. That's why these head coaches get paid so much, because it's not just about the X's and O's, the Jimmy's and Joe's, but so much of it is about, hey, I'm going to be the president, essentially, and making sure that I'm campaigning properly and getting all these dollars in for, for these recruits.
1: Okay, so let's go with that, Eve. Okay. Gundy has been here for 19 years. Why does he not have better relationships with these boosters? And why is he not bringing in that money? You would think having a consistent head coach would bring in more money, right?
0: That is a whole nother story. Okay. That's, um, I think a lot of that had to do with the previous regime. Um, I He's was here
1: 19 years. Right, right. Are you talking the holder regime, or yeah,
0: the, hold, the holder regime. I think that has to do with the holder regime, which look, hmm. I, I was pretty close to certain people within the athletic department during that whole time, and I heard a lot of stuff that I don't feel comfortable saying on a podcast, but I know that there was not great. Uh, there's kind of some bad blood there, right? Not great relationships and all that. And I think it has to do more so with certain people who donate being closer to one side than the other side. All I know is, I don't know if y'all can tell, but there seems to be a little re-energy, like there's more vigor, I feel like. I'm a little more pep in the step uh, whenever the new athletic director and the new president came on board. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> there. Fair. Yeah, if everybody, yeah, anybody out there, if you can put the pieces together, all that, like that's fine and dandy. But yeah, that's uh.
1: And I mean, I get everything that you're saying. I just still think if a coach has been, nine, I mean, I, I, I am not raising money. Let me just start with that. But I've been at Oklahoma State two and a half years, and I have cultivated a lot of relationships across campus and across departments. Regardless of who the president was, I had a great relationship with Burns Hargis. I have a good relationship with Dr. Shrum. I have a great relationship with Darren Shrum. I'm saying this is I've been here two and a half years and I've made a lot of relationships with a lot of people at this university. And I don't care if there's bad blood between Holder and Gundy and whatever that, that is. If you should also be like, you should have the same common goal to want to raise money for your programs and your teams
0: no, oh, absolutely. And I don't think that there was ever any no de- that there was no desire to ever raise money for your programs and your teams. It was just a matter of, OK, which teams are we prioritizing here? You know, I think it's more so of like, hey, let's make sure that everybody is doing this and that versus, OK, let's make sure that football is actually getting to the level that we know that they can get at. And I think that's some of what we're seeing right now in the Pac-12 conference where. You know Stanford, for example, what happened to Stanford football? For for like a solid five, six years, Stanford football was consistently in the top five, top ten, and all of a sudden, they were really, really prioritizing all these Olympic sports. Which I don't think there's anything wrong with prioritizing Olympic sports, all for Title IX and giving opportunities to all these other student athletes as well. Now, with that being said, you gotta know, you gotta know like where uh, where to allocate your funds properly. And I don't think that um, some old school Traditionalists, not even traditionalist as much as it is um you know just being being a little stuck in the past are uh they're less prone to actually put that money towards football
2: yeah with the current president athletic director i think we've already seen that they're committed to gundy yeah. with his salary and committed to football we will see in the next several seasons as far as seeing that average number increase over time. I, I think that that's something to expect. Uh, and then from that, continue to win, be the leaders of the new big 12. And with that success comes more money and that cycle is just going to keep going. So for sure, but I will say Meg, there is a big difference between making connections and then getting those connections to give you money. <laughs> which is oh, fair. No, it's like, yeah, that'd when, be, hey,
0: When you have to separate people from their wallets, that's a whole different thing. And yeah, I think yeah. it's also one thing, making connection within athletic department within the university within stillwater versus having to go down to okay now let's go down to texas and talk to our biggest donor over there and you know talk to him about and then then let's go to oklahoma city and then let's go to wichita and try to separate all these guys from their wallets that makes you know that's just a different story right there
1: no that's and that's why i said i don't raise money but my point was that gundy has been here for 19 years right you would think that he would have some of those connections where you could go to them and say here is my plan because raising money Mm -hmm. Is not it's also not like um hey I you know I, I ran the New York marathon in twenty fifteen and I ran it for the V Foundation and I had to raise money to race. So I was nice. emailing people, I was doing fundraisers in the community to be like all of this money is going to the V Foundation, one hundred percent of it. And what was that, the time? Uh four thirty.
2: No way. That's mm-hmm. impressive.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My goal was my like top goal was four. I was like, okay, 415 would be great, but 430 is like, I need to get in that time. Yeah. In that time. So yes. Yeah. Nice. Uh wanna run Boston. It's Boston Marathon Week, best day in Boston, marathon mm-hmm. Monday. I want to run it. But again, you got to raise money. Yeah. I'm never going to qualify. You got to be under like 330 or 320 for women. And that's just that's not going to happen. Uh, but I digress. I say this like. I think raising money for a program, a football team, is also different because you're like, here's, here's my plan. You know, it's not like, hey, do you want to buy some cookies to support the girls? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like yes. you go in with a plan and be like, this yeah. is how we're going to use your money. It's more of like a business pitch. It's not. I mean, mm-hmm. I watch a lot of Shark Tank. They have business plans. They ask for X amount of dollars for this percent. And while these boosters are not getting any like return on investment, the return on the investment tax is- write offs okay tax write-offs <laughs> but, you know they're not getting a percentage of the football program and the profits and everything but tax write-offs and helping build this program so i do think that if you have those relationships and separating people from wallets yes for sure but these relationships are not they are business they're not personal does that make sense
2: yeah and i think a lot of that does come back to like winning the big 12 championship like because if you win you will get that money a lot easier you know it's it's easy to say you haven't won a big 12 championship in 10 11 years and for that reason I'm out okay shark take reference so you just win continue to win and then the money will come so
0: yeah i mean there's there's an art and a science to it you have the business side but then you also do have those personal relationships. Some of it is transactional, but I gosh, so much of it is really like, Hey, we're actual friends here. And as a friend, I need you to contribute to this $300 million raise that we have going on. Right. Yeah,
1: okay. And if, if, if they're your friend, if my friend came to me with a business proposal and said, Meg, I need $25,000. I will like, and here is my proposal. And I thought it was legit. I would give them the money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And,
0: well, I mean, and with, with that, that being said, leadership. So for, for what it's worth, donors have given us the money. It's just up to the actual people within the department to figure out how are we going to allocate the funds. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm talking about here. It's not a matter of hey, fundraising and getting the money. It's a matter of how are we prioritizing it once we have it. But and, I, um,
1: I mean, are we getting $4 million- you know, we're not getting, my point, we're not getting the same amount of money as the Georgia's, as the Alabama's, you know? Mm -hmm. Notre Dame's. Yeah. Or are we? I don't think we are.
0: I don't think we are. I mean,
1: that's my point.
0: They're they're better at it.
2: Right. Better, I mean, it's bigger, bigger fan bases. Bigger Uh, brands. uh, Yeah, we're just up uh, against, up against it in that sense.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, even their recruiting staffs alone are like 20 people. How many do we have in our recruiting staffs? Like nine? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like comparing um, apples and oranges here. Yeah. But, mm, orange, hey, go pokes. Go pokes. Yeah, hopefully. Hey, and apples. Apples,
2: oranges. Georgia, Alabama. Okay. Yeah,
0: hopefully. yeah, hey, hopefully we get to, You know what? Here's the plan. All right. As soon as I get $500 million, I'm just going to go ahead and get, get OK State <laughs> to be able to compete with all these other
2: teams. Why wait until then? All right. My next paycheck is going to. No, I'm just kidding. All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Give Orange campaign just ended. I hope y'all gave.
1: You know what i'm just gonna tell oklahoma state i don't even need my next paycheck you guys just keep mm-hmm. it.
0: You <laughs> basically just, you just keep I love it. It. <laughs> need that
1: we'll just have to see i mean i i don't really know how that whole conversation got started with the budget but i, I think gundy's it's optimistic recruiting. that No, no no i sorry not our discussion. I don't know why the recruiting budget article was released, what what prompted that to be released by the Oklahoman if there was a certain situation, but Gundy did address some stuff uh, at Spring Ball just about like how he's like, yeah, we, we, would, we would love more money, but we also know we need to use it wisely. So it'll be interesting to see if there's an increase in the budget for next year and if any boosters are listening and they want to donate.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting, right? Like, does it seem like... And I I don't know how Gundy is on the recruiting trail. I don't know how he is on a fundraising trail. Does it seem like he 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 would love that part of it? Like, I mean, you know, he you know he'll get in front of a mic. He'll throw some jokes out there. But like, I'm just thinking about like Jimbo Fisher, for example. Have you guys ever heard Jimbo Fisher just speak on an interview? Like that guy is a salesman. Like my man will sell me to do anything. All right, I'm just like how like yeah, I don't I don't. Like, there are some coaches that just like really embrace that part of the job, that part of the role. Whenever you see Nick Saban going to the local Mobile, Alabama, Whatever club, and he's speaking to a group of a hundred people, and he is just laying down bars after bars after bars. I'm just like, yo, this dude is goes writing for Drake right now. What does this do? Like, some people really love this part of the process, and I, I don't know what Gundy is liking that. I've never seen any leaks. I've never seen any footage. I've never been a part of any of those. So, I yeah, I, I don't know what he's like.
2: Yeah, I yeah, I can't remember exactly. I, I feel like I went to like a Cowboy Caravan in Oklahoma City one year. And I think that that was kind of what it was surrounded around. And I think he's pretty similar to other coaches in that aspect. So, yeah, Uh, Granted, that was like 2007. So,
0: but I mean, you see, you see these viral clips from these other coaches that go because they're so freaking motivational, like every single year, it seems like it's like, you know, the same five, six coaches. And they also happen to be the same five, six coaches that are also on the top of the helm. So I don't know, man. Maybe some. Maybe it has to do with a, getting a speechwriter. Maybe you know. Go ahead and get you a speechwriter. Whoever wrote Obama's speeches, get on it.
1: Add that to our list of needs at school.
0: Yeah, <laughs> speechwriter.
2: Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're coming Forget up. Forget recruiting, man. <laughs> don't worry about spending it on recruiting. We're gonna get Obama's speechwriter in here. Yo, you be coming need out like recruiting. Uh, out now look, uh, let me be clear. Our uh, recruiting budget. Is it gonna go up?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, boy. We need it.
1: Well, guys, with that, I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to this episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. We'll have a final score by the time this airs. On Thursday again, we record on Tuesdays, release on Thursdays. I'm scrolling through right now, but last I looked, OSU was up on OU in Bedlam Baseball 11 5.
0: So nice, let's get it done, fellas. Let's get it done.
1: Yes, 11 5, top seven. So keep it going, guys. By the time this and they year-
2: had Oklahoma State, had a uh, pitcher, Cale Davis, that transferred from OSU to OU. Uh, This is before the Trace Forward thing. So we're seeing that happen frequently now, and I don't like it. So I hope he's pitching tonight, and I hope he gets hammered. Pistols firing, baby. Let's go.
1: Go, folks. Well, yeah. Thank you for listening again. Appreciate you always. Like, share, subscribe, follow, comment, all the things. It's draft week next week. Dreams Mm. are gonna come true. Let's
0: go, Jason Taylor. Second round, baby. Let's go. Second round, Jason Taylor. I'm rooting for it.
1: We'll do some draft predictions next week, so come back for that episode before the big night. Nice. Nothing left to say, but go Pokes.
2: Pokes. Go Pokes. Go Pokes.